Welcome to the Amazon Legends Podcast, where we have real stories about making it big on Amazon. Our guests are CEOs of large companies and entrepreneurs who became powerful sellers, also experts specializing in helping sellers, and both former and current Amazon employees who will give us an insight from behind the scenes. Here's your host, Nick Urison. Welcome to another episode of Amazon Legends. Uh, my next guest today is, is a dolphin trainer of 12 years who turned entrepreneur. And after, I guess, training dolphins, she figured, you know, there isn't much I, I cannot do. So she's the owner and founder at Brush and Bella and also a proud single mother of soon to be a four-year-old girl. So everybody, meet my guest, Cynthia Cotinio. Welcome to the show, Cynthia. I thank you for having me, Nick. I'm very excited to be here today. Oh, thank you for being here. Uh, you know, you are a, an extraordinary entrepreneur in my book because, you know, going from training dolphins, first of all, it's outdoors. And second, it's in the water, my favorite place always to be. And now you go behind the desk, being an entrepreneur, juggling all kinds of things. So uh, it's really admirable. So, and in the process, you figured out a, a principle to apply when you create products. So tell us what that principle is. So for me, the most important thing is quality versus quantity. So... I do everything that I do for the brand. I do focus on quality of the items. So quality is key in order to provide what Amazon calls the best customer experience. Of course, quality comes at a higher price tag. So am I to understand that you don't really care too much about the price point, but you care more about providing a good quality item? Well, yes. Yeah. So starting a brand, of course, that there's there's a lot that goes behind it. But for me, building a brand, since I'm building a brand, especially baby brand, I want to focus. My main focus is quality. Yes, I need profit. But I think focusing on the quality, even though my profit margin is a little bit lower than, for example, comparing to other products in the market, I do think that right now, the major focus is quality. Quality will come first. And then, of course, with um, brand awareness and growing the brand, um, the, 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 the profit is going to go up. So, yeah, I, I think that quality comes before the profit. Okay. So we are going to kind of dissect your strategy in terms of pricing and margins. But uh, what I want to really reiterate here, something you said, rather than focus on the profit when you're building a brand, uh, what you mentioned as quality, I would refer to it as value. So even when you are building your brand at the beginning, you don't want to be the cheapest because cheap is not going to really give you value, right? So, uh, however, you can also make it competitive enough by offering higher value. In other words, instead of selling a single item, if you create a pack 
two pack or three pack and then the unit price will be much much more competitive but nevertheless you will still be at a higher price point so that's another way to build value so that way if you build value and then you promote put, shift the focus on promotion then your brand will be established as a, a premium brand rather than just cheap right yeah and that's yeah. 100% and that's basically how I focus in the brand I so since I started the first product I don't I I came out with sets I came up with sets so I'm a mom mm -hmm. everything that I experienced that it was into the best experience I I try to make it as best experience as I can for other moms so yes the products are all Basically, they always come in bundles because then that way, yes, I can combine quality and still have profit because if you're selling just a one item, it's very hard for your profit margins. That is correct. So yeah. I do the where I put value is the quality of the product, but also how the product is packaged how so I use so if you buy on Amazon you can see like there's some you you can basically buy products that are very similar to each other and but one will come I don't know without a private label without a brand in a little plastic bag we don't use plastic so brush and bella is one thing that I since I come from that background of animals and working with dolphins and I've been very, I, I it's my whole life I've been con talking about conservation and everything and that it was one thing that I wanted to put in the brand, it was conservation. So everything that I can do to be as environmentally friendly as I can, I do. And that will increase my costs. So that's where I say that I, I focus on quality versus quantity too, because I do try like everything that I do is like environmentally friendly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that becomes part of your brand and you will have a following just because of that. So if you attach yourself to a cause, mm -hmm. that's, that's really a part of the branding. The, the, there's one thing that I want to share with you and, and see if this is something that you do. Do you use package inserts? Yes. And what do you have on your, uh, on your package inserts? So I have talking. So my packaging inserts, like it depends on what product, but basically they come with talking a little bit about the brand, a little bit about conservation. And then of course there's the, warranty part and like how to contact us and reviews because we work for Amazon um but yeah that's what we that's basically what ha what every package insert has okay how to contact us are you putting your website or your email yeah it's actually now I'm doing a QR code to make it easier to everyone because I just feel um, since I'm in the digital marketing world now too, I just think it's the easier, the better. So I think it's much easier instead of you typing something, you scanning something. So all of the um, inserts now come with a QR code that goes straight or it goes to the website. You pick where you want to go. Okay. That's what I was going to say. So uh, one of the things that 
that I recommend is first of all, you know, Amazon TOS can sometimes penalize you. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you're not doing anything against it, but it may be like a little bit of a gray area and then, you know, you get in trouble. So the easiest way to avoid that is on your packaging, like outside the box, put your web address. So it becomes mm -hmm. part of the packaging. It's not necessarily in an insert, but outside of the box, just like, you know, UPC is mm -hmm. printed on the box, you can have your web address. So that's the easiest way to show people your website and the QR code. That's the genius of it. And But the QR code has to link them to a page that gives them some useful information. So that way, obviously, you are capturing. Now, a guest shared this with me, and I'm going to tell you what this is. It's a genius, genius idea. And he told me the kind of conversion he was getting. It's, it's so good. So he does the same thing. He has the QR code. So once people scan the QR code, they land on the website. Mm -hmm. Now up comes the spin the wheel thing to get 10% oh. discount. They have up to 90% discount on your purchase. So enter your email and receive this. Your coupon expires in 30 minutes. Mm -hmm. So they pull up the wheel. People spin it. They put their email and spin it. And then... The coupon they get, the next thing says that this coupon expires in 30 minutes. So they are asked to make a purchase. So now they've not only gotten the email address, but also they made a sale potentially. So I, what is the conversion? He said they are getting, they tried di different things, but that spin the wheel is getting the most conversion. Really? But then you, so, so he's selling straight from his website though. Well, now the customer became his customer. It's his customer. Yep. That is, that is, that's what we are working towards. Um, but that's genius. I, I do have like the coupons and everything that goes, like I have the whole email targeting and everything, but that wheel thing is, I'm going to look into that because that, that catches me. So that is genius because I, every time I see a wheel, I click on it and want to see what Absolutely. I got. Absolutely. <laughs> he, he said to me that they tested different things. And uh, this is what was converting the most. So I said to him, you know, 30 minutes, uh, is that like, what if they don't want to buy? He says, well, then they lose the discount. He doesn't retarget them though? Probably he does. With a no, low I mean, he doesn't, do the, he doesn't do the kind of discounts he offers with that wheel in any other way. He says, we don't want to get our customers used to getting a coupon code because a lot of the times they put stuff in their cart, they're about to check out and they contact customer service and say, can I have my, my coupon code? Says we don't want to, we don't want to encourage things like that. Mm -hmm. So instead we say here you, you get, they give nice discount because it's customer acquisition. So which one is better pay for each customer or just give them a little discount, make a sale and get their email address. Yeah. So um, he does that. And, uh, and he says we're getting the best conversion from the wheel and that 30 minute thing has been a, a great success. That's a great idea. I want to find an amazing idea for reviews, though, because I follow all the guidelines. Of course, I don't offer anything. I don't do I follow Am Amazon and Amazon is so strict with this because sure. even with automated emails for reviews, I got like because of using it, I got blocked. 
So, and it was automated. I used the tools, whatever, but now I have to go little by little, one by one, asking for reviews the way Amazon asks you to do it. And just getting reviews to me is like the hardest thing in the business, yeah. the review part. It's so hard. Yeah. It's easy for someone to go there and complain, which luckily I don't get as much, but it's very hard for someone to go. Like sometimes I get Instagram DMs saying, oh my goodness, I love the products. Like we are like Rush and Bella, but then they don't write a review. So you just go, can you write a review for other customers? Because it's very hard. Yeah. Are you using that button that is on the order for request a review? I have, I have Jungle Scout that I use just for that because oh. then you have automated. So if you have Jungle Scout, I, I only use just, I only use Jungle Scout for that. You have literally you go in your FBA orders and it's one button that asks for everyone instead of me going in every, it's too time consuming. Like I, I, I have to do other things. I can't just yeah. go by myself. So like Jungle Scout has, so I think they are partner with Amazon. I don't know. But I do, if you have Jungle Scout, you go to your orders and then you're going to see a, a orange button and it clicks for Like you can even put a hundred on a page and you click and it just goes asking for everyone's review, following everything with Amazon. So because the other one, the automated automatic emails, like three days after purchase, you schedule, mine got blocked. I know yes. they don't get those. Well, also, you know, uh, people opt out, so they don't want to receive emails. But this one, um, so just curious, on the automated one through Jungle Scout, that mm -hmm. sense to everybody. So what if somebody already posted a review? So it already, it, so if there's returns or like the person opt out, it just says ineligible. So it doesn't send it to the person. Okay, so it's it's automatically factored in. Okay, yeah. that's great. So okay, so you are working on uh, with focus on quality rather than price. However, you obviously cannot sell stuff at a loss. So mm -hmm. share with us some of the the margins that you look for when you are building a product and with quality being the focus. So what kind of margins are you looking to achieve? Well, ideally, I want to achieve like a 30 to 40% margin. Uh, but that's not the case every time, especially at, like you, I can't, it's an, for me, it's impossible. Being in the baby industry is something that's very competitive, a bit uh, like a small business um, competing with large brands. It's very hard. And then, with that being said, PPC is very expensive. So, but that is, it's something you need. Like you can't sell on Amazon without PPC. <laughs> so with, I try to do like a 30% margin when I'm doing, when I'm doing my purchasing and I'm doing all of my costs. Um, but after, after PPC, I don't, and, and the, First couple of months, it's if I don't lose, for me is a win. So that's how I play. I play if the product pays itself with PPC, this is great. And then I start 
building my profit on that. Um, but like, for example, it's been three years of business and I don't, I only reinvest. So yeah, so three years, I, yes, when I was still working, um, as a dolphin trainer, I only had two products with one had four variations, one had three variations. Those were my main products. Um, it's very hard to manage everything. Single mom, training dolphins, COVID, everything. So um, I stayed in those products and learning, of course, and trying it out because when you start selling on Amazon, like I got a course, of course, I got someone that was like guiding me. But when I said I wanted to go into the baby industry, it was like, don't do that. But I was like, well, so now I go this way. <laughs> I'm doing that. So, yeah. So like I try to go to a 30 percent, but when I do everything, but I have, I think now with the baby items, I'm, I'm there. Yeah. Because my PPC so, costs are less, everything, but I just put all of the products combined to like one pay the other, basically. I don't know if that makes yeah. sense. So let's understand the numbers a little bit. So when you say, so let's say you're buying a product for $10. What is your selling price that you assign to it to achieve that 30%? So what I do is, so the, the price that I put, so for example, if it's $10, I would sell at 32. You would sell at 32. Yes, because then you have to pay Amazon, right? Yeah. So if you sell, so okay. <laughs> so no, it's okay, but we want to, uh, nail this down because for our listeners it's a great example and your approach is is, is great but the terminology kind of sometimes changes so there are uh, three buckets after your sales mm -hmm. there are three buckets for your costs bucket number one is the biggest bucket that is your cost of the item that's mm -hmm. the landed price so let's say you buy it for ten dollars and then you priced it, it's for the sake of example, $30, okay? You made $20 profit, mm -hmm. right? So something you're buying for 10, selling for 30, your profit is 20, 20 divided by 30, that's the margin mm -hmm. on, the on the cost. So however, your cost is... 10 divided by 30, your selling price. So that means 30% or 33%. 33% of your sale goes to buying the product. Mm -hmm. Okay. So we start there. So now you have the whole pie is 100%. That's your sale. That's $30. 33% of it goes to the merchandise purchase. You pay 15% to Amazon, right? So now 33 plus 15, you are up to 48. If you're selling it third. And then comes shipping. So what is your, so for a $30 item that you buy at 10, how much do you pay for shipping roughly? Shipping from there? Or well, shipping uh, after it's at Amazon. 
Amazon FBA fee? Ooh, my total. I don't know by memory. So typically, when you're on each order, how much are you paying Amazon roughly? I think Amazon takes out of the full, it's about $12. So that includes their commission, right? I think it's everything together okay. because it splits up. I, I'm really bad at the reports. So $12. So take an order that you pay $12 to Amazon for. Um, what is the selling price? Is it $32? 32, yeah. Okay. 32, 34, it depends. Okay. On the so item. Let's call it 32. So if you're paying $12 to Amazon, $12 uh, is roughly about 45% of mm -hmm. the $32. So that means if 15% is Amazon commission and you're paying 45%, so your shipping is pretty high. It's like 30%. So going by that example, so that $32 item, what is your cost? I would say it's 10. 10, okay. More. Sometimes it's more. Okay. It depends okay. right now because shipping from China was so high and then right, so right. items. So like it, it varies. Okay. So $10 cost, that's, that's 33%, 15% uh, Amazon and 30% shipping. So now we are up to, so 33 plus 15, 48 plus 30, that's 78%. 78 so there's a 22%. You've got 22% left. Your PPC basically will consume that 20%. Now, another thing to keep in mind is if you have a low ticket item and yours is a, it's not, I would not call it low, but it's close to low. So that means that on every $30 sale, you're making about $6. Mm -hmm. Your click, your bid, basically your keyword bid, it, it's, it's still healthy enough, but it doesn't really have a lot of room. So with your bids, your that 20% that can be consumed very quickly and then it doesn't leave too much, too, too much room for you to actually build liquidity. So now all this, you understand the whole, the, the buckets. Amazon, the first, the cost, that's one bucket. This next bucket is the commission and the, the last bucket is the shipping. You add those up, take it away from your sale, then what is left, has to be enough to support the PPC operation. This is not even the most important part. So the most important part is how, what is the value of the total inventory you carry at any point in time? Because the net profit you accumulate will go to financing your inventory. So you may, even if you make good margins, let's say, let's say that you... Um, you net after PPC and everything, you net, let's say 15%. Okay. And you generate, let's say $50,000 every month net. If the inventory you're carrying at any point in time is like $100,000 worth, that means that it's going to take you how many months just to finance your inventory, right? Mm -hmm. 
So those are the numbers that are key to your, it's basically it's one of those scenarios, suddenly you say, I don't understand. We have good margins. We're growing all the time. We're making good money, but there's never any cash. Mm -hmm. You're constantly cash strapped. That's because your margins need to be tweaked because you, you are either carrying too much inventory or you know you have to carry then then your margins are not supporting it. Mm -hmm. So those are the kinds of things that you want to keep in mind when you are setting your pricing. The 15% Amazon, that's something new for me. To me, it was all included. There was not, I'm not good at the reports. Um, there was, it's what they say there. So like right next to the products, they have how much Amazon is going to take. They say, this is the FBA fee. This is this, whatever. And it's a total. Yeah. On top of that, there's still 15%. No, no, no. That 15% oh. is included, but it's a set because in, in that, uh, because all what you really care about is not the dollar values, but the percentages, because percentages will drive everything. So mm -hmm. you always want to know what percentage of your sale price is your uh, merchandise, what percentage is Amazon commission, and what percentage is your shipping fees. Okay. Now, Amazon will display Amazon fee, the commission, and the FBA together. Together. But really, the percentage part of their commission is fixed, 15% all the time. But the okay. only thing that varies, which you want to know, because by tweaking your packaging, you can make it smaller and then qualify for a small. So you want to keep an eye on what percentage of your sale price is going to the shipping. Understood. And you want to okay. make sure. So what I usually recommend my clients is that's the first thing we do. We get, okay, let, let's understand your pricing. And if it's broken, then we want to fix it. And if it's not so good, let's make it better because that's what you call setting yourself up for success. Because even if you do everything right, you've got great exposure, you're not going to make any money if the pricing model is wrong. So, um, so I always say shipping should be between 12% to 16%. So if you set up that way, and uh, your cost being 30% is, is good. It's borderline. I don't want to go over 35%. So basically the idea is pay 35 to the merchandise, 15 to Amazon, it's 50. You are up to 50. Pay another, say, 15% to shipping. Now you are 65 and you've got 35% left pay 20% optimized to PPC, you are netting 15% on every single set. That's, That's the winning model. Doing. That's what I thought I was doing because um, I do, I just do like, when I sit and I do like my Excel and everything, I have like the details, but like every time I'm like just looking at products. So like I'm searching new products and I am like, calculating roughly how much it's going to cost, how much the packaging is going to cost, how much, like if it has to be packed inside with something plastic and needs to be biodegradable. So like how much that's going to cost. So like I just combine that, I go, okay, so this is going to be 30% of the price because to me, that's what Amazon, Amazon charge. So like, for example, if the product is, I don't know, $11, $10, Amazon charges me 11 with the shipping. So it's a total yeah. of $11. So with the 15%, that's 
that's the shipping and the Amazon. So that leaves me with, I don't know, $14 to spare for PPC. And I know we're talking about percentage, but without a calculator, I'm yeah. not that. Um, but that's how I like when I'm setting up, of course, I won't set up anything before I look at the prices on Amazon of the stuff that are being sold. And I can do that because I combine items. So like, for example, you go to Amazon, you try to buy a baby plate, it's going to be 15 bucks, just the baby plate. If you try to get, buy a bib, it's going to be another 10 bucks. So like being able to put a bib, a plate, a bowl, a spoon, and a travel spoon inside for $35, that's amazing. Yeah. So, so like I try to do that and still have a profit where Yes, I'm not taking money from me, but I, I have the money to, I don't have cash flow. Uh, nope, that doesn't exist. It's like one item pays the other, but I just try to, since I'm trying to come up with new items, I'm just having the items pay for themselves. Yeah, yeah, I understand. So, uh, you know... Ironically, this is always the case. You know where everything ends up. People usually have a pretty good handle on the cost of the, the, the product because they create it, they build it, you know, they try different versions and then finally negotiate and finally they know, okay, my landed price is going to be this. Uh, I know and I'm going to sell it for so much. They also know Amazon commission. Where things go wrong is always on the shipping mm -hmm. because shipping, you never know. However, Amazon has an advantage because if you are selling through your website and let's say you get an order, you are in Florida, you get an order from New York, it costs one price. You get an order from California, it costs something else to ship. Same item, same weight, same dimensions, but different because that's how carriers charge. But with Amazon, it's fixed. It's fixed. So and that's a huge advantage. Yep. But you need to know what is the percentage of that shipping. So because if you know the percentage, now you have full handle and you can translate. So what I always tell people is know these numbers and then configure your accounting system that you post to exactly mm -hmm. in the same way. Sales at the top cost of the merchandise, then selling expenses, and then break that down as selling and shipping. Okay. Then what you will do in your accounting, you, when you pull the final, you're going to see, oh, is it in line with what I planned? Nine out of 10, it never is for two reasons. First, people don't structure their accounting that way. So you never know. It's very hard to figure it out. Two is there are other bits and pieces showing up like storage, FBA fee, reimbursement. Oh, reimbursement, like, and then you're super confused. What do I have? Yeah, your FBA and Amazon fees, like, and yeah. you're like, okay, what's included in this? And it's just so exactly. confusing. And then PPC, and you're like, okay, Amazon took all my money. So here is what I what I always recommend. I say, first of all, there is a service called A2X Accounting. Are you familiar with that? No. Oh, A2X Accounting, I uh, recommend to everybody 
what 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 A2X accounting does is at this point you probably have QuickBooks online or Zero something like that. So A2X accounting sits between your QuickBooks and Amazon. It pulls the settlement reports oh. with one click. It posts the entire settlement report to your accounting. Oh. And you know immediately. So what I do is I actually have line items set up in my QuickBooks. One is FBA fees. The other is Amazon commission. Exhausting. And the last one is other FBA fees. <clears throat> so FBA item fees and other FBA fees. So what I do is this is what I keep an eye on. All the other bits and pieces like FBA inbound, storage, blah, blah, all that stuff should be no more than 5% of my sales. Okay. So now because A2X is posting everything and they all gather up, in the same place, when I pull the report, I can see what my sales were, what my cost was, and what my FBA fees were, what the Amazon commission, and what everything else was, then you know immediately. That's amazing. That's how you want to structure it. And then you are, so now going, bringing this back to quality versus price. Yes, you build quality, without losing money otherwise because the worst thing you can do is you think you are doing okay you may be breaking even but you're building your brand but actually you're bleeding so this will avoid that situation well hopefully i'm not bleeding no. uh, i think yeah i don't think i think i'm even because like i said i don't i get no money out of the store i get no money amazon i don't even count as anything it's literally like building my brand and uh like now i'm coming up which never we'll never do it again lesson learned lounging more than one product at a time i launched too many at a time and it's not, it's not just the PPC that's killing me. It's the work, like just getting a, like, like just knowing everything and like making sure that all the listings are perfect. And like, like I work with baby stuff. Like, I don't know if everyone else, but it needs to be tested. It needs certifications. And it, it's so much behind it. Like the test reports and how detailed and how Amazon can get into your specific brand oh, yeah. I don't know what their deal is like they were requesting so many stuff from my brand that I was doing my competitor research and they didn't have it so like why are you asking for mine if none of the other competitors have this so it's 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 exhausting and uh, it's I'm not saying it's not worth it but it's exhausting there's so much behind it it's of course the the budget is very it's very tight right now even though I lounged it's more like it's different products but like more variations of it so it's not like I'm lounging it's a, it's like some bath toys that I came but like different colors and then like like three different bath toys but in like each of them have like two different colors so like there's like six different things yes yeah, um good. so it's a lot so that's one thing that I learned I just wanted to have more products and 
this idea was like they don't have it in the market yet so i want to lounge this but it's like dealing oh, with oh. lounging it just took way longer because then I don't like the sample and then I have to change this and I want you to change that. And then I don't like this. And then it just being so like quality also doesn't, I can't lounge as fast as everyone else. You know no. what I mean? So, well, you know, I mean, you, you are, you, you, you're right. You, that's a good lesson. You never want to launch too many items at the same time mainly because it's not humanly possible to do the keyword research, assemble the titles, the bullets and all the pictures and, and do it all right, all, unless you have a huge team. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's not the case. So uh, that's why I always recommend take one parent and then have as many variations as you can if it's a situation where you have different color sides. Uh, if you don't have color size situation, then do what you are doing, like create sets or packs or bundles. Uh, so that way you are doing two things. First of all, you only, when you advertise through PPC, uh, under the keyword search, it's going to be one Same. of the items. But when people click on it, they'll see all the options. Yep. Under. So you have a lot more, if you like, uh, fishing, so to speak. <laughs> and uh, in addition, it's more value. You build more value. Because if you create a pack or a bundle, you know, you're going to increase your average order value. And that's a, an immediate impact on your sales. So that's something that I always recommend. But always one parent at a time. Launch one parent at a time. That's the... Uh, five. No, no, it's too much. That you get killed. Oh, trust me. I have... <laughs> left <laughs> yeah well you, you learned you're not yeah. getting defeated right so that's what matters <laughs> all right cool so um let's cover a little bit more about the rest of the amazon operation so share with us how you are managing the the workload what kind of team do you have around you um so i'm a one-person team for the I would say for like the purchasing, picking, quality testing, and like all those decisions, I was trying to do everything by myself. And even after I wasn't working as a dolphin trainer anymore, and I'm only focusing on the business, I can't do everything by myself. So I have, even though I am almost done with my digital marketing um certification I still am giving like um, I hired someone to do the social media posts so like I'm in charge of the social media still but I don't spend my time designing anymore the posts because that requires a lot of time from me um I can do the product listings but I will hire out someone with SEO experience, of course, I, even though they do most of the job, I still tweak it if I like towards what I want. And you need to be very careful. At least I will be very careful with that too, because I, I hired someone to write the listing and they wrote something that's against Amazon 
And I think they wrote, I don't even know. I don't think it, I think it was like FDA approved or something. And yeah. the listing was deleted. And I'm like, and yeah. for you to figure out why, it's not as simple. Amazon doesn't tell you, hey, remove this. It's like, it took me a whole day to figure out. And I was like, oh, this, this can't be here. You know what I mean? So yeah. like I hire, I, I've hired out for that, but like, it's not in-house scene that just, I work with like freelancers, my social media designer. Like she is the only one that works with me. Like right fine. How about uh, planning your replenishment? Mm -mm. This is all me. And your financials? Oh, me. How about the analytics? Me. And tell us what numbers are you watching for your listings to perform? What numbers? Like what? Yeah, you like what? What Amazon analytics are important for you? Oh, so I look. So analytics, like when I'm looking at my PPC. My analytics are not the best in the world when I look only at PPC. But when I look at the overall of my organic and my PPC, I do see a good analytics. I don't know, like, how, how can I explain this? Like, I don't have like an ACOS that's like, oh my goodness, this is an amazing, it depends on the campaign I'm running. Some campaigns I have a better ACOS than I have in others. So what the way I look at it, like I look at the overall, maybe I'm bleeding a little bit in this product, but this one is bringing me um, a yeah. better margin. So let me share with you some things that I'm seeing that I, I recommend our clients. So imagine you are driving from Miami to Atlanta mm -hmm. and you decided it's going to be a nonstop you know, you're going to do the whole thing without stopping anywhere, you know, just stop for breaks or whatever. So you leave Miami at, I don't know, six o'clock in the morning and you know the distance, how many miles. And then when you arrive, you look at it, you say, okay, it's taken us 11 hours, let's say. You divide that by total miles between Miami and Atlanta. Then you say, oh, I was doing 45 miles an hour in average. That's your success. Mm -hmm. okay. That's what you want for your Amazon operation on some data points. And I'll share with okay. you what I usually recommend. Let's say you have one listing, 10 listings, doesn't matter. Over time, what is your conversion rate? That means not PPC, um, not keyword, but overall, over time. And you always want to be looking at it over time. What that means is this week, this month, this month compared to last month, this quarter, this quarter compared to last quarter. What is my conversion rate? Whether it's one skew or across the board. So if you are converting at 20%, that means 100 people landed on your product page, whether through PPC or organic or otherwise, 20 of them bought something. If you know that number, that's your 45 miles an hour average speed. 
you need to know what that number is. And you need to know what that number is in order for you to compare real time how, how I'm doing. So if you do something, whether it's a Facebook campaign or PPC campaign or whatever, that 20% goes up, it's a good thing. Goes down, it's a bad thing. But you, you want to know. And what you want to know is you, you want to tag certain events, like starting a new campaign, whatever. Uh, so you know, oh, okay, my conversion rate was high last month, but it's low this month. Why? Well, guess what? If you start a new campaign, traffic went up, your conversion will come down. But at least then you know two things. One, you're comparing it to last month versus this month. Second, you tag the event. So conversion rate is one data point. The other one is average traffic mm -hmm. per listing. That's how many users you're getting, how many unique sessions, I should say, you're getting on each SKU. And you want to be able to drill down, of course, uh, but you also want to know the overall. The third data point is what is your buy box retention rate? So what percentage of the time you are in the buy box? You may be the only seller for your product, but Amazon will still take you off the buy box. They do. They do sometimes. It's not normal. But, yeah. they do. but yeah. you want to know the numbers because Fine. sometimes, so you need to be seeing 100%. If it drops to 95, you need to know. If it drops to 85, you need to know. So all those things are, so because every one of these things are things that impact your sales and your profitability. So those are the things that I usually recommend. So my question to you is, do you track any of these things? I tracked the buy box. Um, analytics going to Amazon, to me, they're very, it's very hard for me to like, tag and understand that's some that's one of the reasons why I started digital marketing so I could understand this a little bit better because like I can read my analytics from the website but then I can't like I can't put the two of them together like it's like yeah it's so hard for you to like like I've created like campaigns but like as soon as from the website because I have a part of the website that I want them to buy at Amazon like it's not I I just set up my website store but like I still want Amazon to I'm not ready for me to like fulfill everything. I, I don't want to do that right now. So I want them to convert an Amazon. So like I have a part of the website to take to Amazon, but that's where my analytics stop. Yeah. Okay. So that's what I'm trying to figure out, like how I can tag this because then I don't know if they converted or not. So like my, so, so it stops there. Well, that like I said, three data points I shared with you. Mm -hmm. Um, those are things you want to keep an eye on. We also favor the fourth one, which is average order value. You want to track your average order value, of course, by bundling and you know the way you're doing. Uh, you, you can so one of the things that I recommend to people as a strategy, promotional strategy, is I say create some real nice bundles in a higher value, higher value, higher price. And then offer a higher discount rate just on that SKU. And then make it available. Just create a coupon code just for that SKU and make it visible on the product page to everybody. So Amazon will list that as special offers and promotions. So people will see it. Oh, if I buy this one, then I'm going to get 20%. But in the process, you up to your average order value. 
but only available on that you know, higher price skew. But Amazon also picks and chooses where he, what they're going to put as like some items. I do the same process. So I go there, there's the product price, there's a sale price. So like Amazon will show the little cross. Some items they won't. And they just change the price. And then you can't see the little cross. And you're like, okay, but like it's on sale. Like I want your, my customers to see. They just choose to not show it. And then you call yeah. customer support and you're like, I want my little crop. Yeah. 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 They're so like, trying. Yeah. You know, you know, another thing that Amazon does is they're testing. They're constantly testing. So some things that they do, unfortunately, as sellers, you have to go with it, but it's, uh, yeah. it, may not, it may not end up staying there. Yeah, I know about that list price and crossed out. I typically recommend everyone use an MSRP and then use a current price. So that way, you know, you are already presenting those things with Amazon crossing out and now on sale and kind of thing. Also, I'm not sure appearing to be now on sale is a, is a good idea always, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but like, like when was it that I was, oh, I had just lounged it. So like I wanted to lounge it with a lower price. That's like, okay, like it's lounging. This is new, but it's a bundle that's not in the market. Like there are the, the some products that are similar, but they're sold separately. So now we're coming in like with this, it's the same price as one. And I'm like, okay, like, let me show, like, I want them, even though it is more expensive right now is the same price as that one. I wanted them to see that it's more expensive, but right now it's on sale, but like Amazon didn't help me out. Yeah. <laughs> it would not put the correct, whatever I wanted there. So I was like, okay, like I'll make a coupon. You know what I mean? So that's when I created like the coupon. And it's, I just, sometimes depending on the campaign and what you want to target, like, it's just like one is better than the other, but not every time they will, they just do whatever they want. <laughs> so Cynthia, you are a very um, hands-on seller who is intimately familiar with all the uh, the things that Amazon offers to sellers. So I'm curious about what you think about my next question. If there is one thing you could wish Amazon to change in their policies for third-party sellers what would that be what would you like changed in amazon oh uh, to me I, you can only give me one okay to me and this might be just my opinion but like their their customer service to their customers is amazing but to their sellers is yeah. not like is not i understand that they have to be strict and sometimes i think they're very strict with my niche because it's babies and i totally understand it's children like they need to follow what they need to follow but sometimes i think it lacks communication in between departments there because it's it's horrendous like i have a listing that's been out for 10 days it's not my fault the product arrived there and it's just exhausting it's just exhausting. So I just, if they could at least take a moment to like look into, and I understand there's so many sellers, but there's so many customers, Susan, and they're great with their customer service. Exactly. Um, it's, not that, it's not an excuse. So yeah. but let me understand something here. I think there's a distinction here. What you are referring to, like if you have a question and then you ask seller support, that's one type of inquiry. 
Yes. And there is a problem and you need help. That's a different type of inquiry, right? And that's where, that's where things, they things go wrong, right? So otherwise that standard service, uh, standard support, uh, that's it's also not perfect, but it's not the end of the world. But, it's not but, the end of the world. Right. That's where the problem is. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I ask this because I want to know what everybody's take is. So hopefully Amazon is listening and, and they can. Like, I love them. I am. I sell on Amazon because I am. An, I, I am Amazon only. That's where I purchase. This is where I do everything. I am a like one of the biggest Amazon customers, I would say, from everything, from my Alexa to like everything. So, but, and I, and I don't, don't want to get out of selling on Amazon. I'm not one that, of course I'm building my brand, but I just think Amazon is so amazing. They offer something that's so, that I don't think as a small business, I'll be able to offer that quality service that they offer. Um, unless I grow a lot, then sure. But I just think like, with their returns and like what, like, like with the sellers, like, come on, you know, like, really, you're not going to look what they took out of my bundle. Like, so it's my problem. You just give them the money back and no questions. Yeah, asked. yeah. that's not going to change. I mean, it's not going to change. And I get it. And, and I, I think I'm very lucky that I don't get a lot of those. Yeah. But I'm just saying like, it's just, you know, you know what I just read today earlier that they are actually changing their return policy on ebooks as well so after buying an e you know it's usually non-refundable they'll refund it yeah that's so bad it just because, you know it just there's as, people that are not like there's people that do it on purpose yeah i mean just as you think or oh, maybe this has gone far enough they're gonna try to but no it just gets worse so anyway Listen, this was great. So I let's get to know you a little bit. So, uh, you know, I introduced you as such and uh, you mentioned a few times being a dolphin trainer. So tell us, uh, where did you grow up and, and give us your life experience a little bit? So I'm from Brazil. I'm originally, I was born in Rio um, my whole life. Well, not my whole life. I lived in Rio till I was eight. I came to the U.S. to visit and I lived here with my mom and my uncle and my sister for about four years. And that's the first time when I went um, to the aquarium I worked at. So I went to Miami Sea Aquarium. I visited SeaWorld. And that's when I, I was. What brought, you, what brought you to the U.S.? My uncle lived here. So we came to come to Disney and to visit. And then my mom just came and like stayed here with him for a little bit. And we went to school here um me and my sister for a little while then we went back to Brazil um I stayed there for I don't know 20 years and then I came back um to the U.S. So where you had you become an American citizen when you lived here I became an American no because we weren't here enough um I had like a student visa at the time um through my uncle since he it's oh. since he was like our legal guardian or whatever um but then I went back and then I I'm a citizen now because when I so family 
family, no family. And my boyfriend, we were like friends when we were little. We met through the internet. So basically we dated, we got married. I came over. I was married for five years. Um, that's when I came and I graduated in Brazil and came here. Um, and I started working with dolphins. So, you know, you mentioned so many things so lightly yeah. and you uh -huh. kind of like, you know, just go over it as if it's nothing. Listen, you, you have, first of all, you know, you are an entrepreneur, okay? That's what you are. But you became an entrepreneur out of being a dolphin trainer. So that's a big transition, number one. Number two, you are an immigrant, for God's sake. You came, because even though you were here when you were eight, I mean, you went back. Mm -hmm. So in the end, it was a decision for you to come yeah. start a whole new life. And you, so that that you, you decided to immigrate and pursue this entrepreneurship in the end. Yeah. So these are not easy things, you know. People who are born here naturally, I mean, I, I'm also in the same camp. You know, you, you have a lot of challenges, so you don't mention them so much. Yep. So, yeah, people don't realize how much, like how the difference that it is like what I say, like I, it took me like from Brazil in college, three years talking to the same person here in an aquarium because I already dated my, my boyfriend at a time. So I, we already had plans that when I finished college, I was going to come, we're going to get married, whatever. So three years speaking to the same person to maybe get a chance of an interview because like, yes, I spoke English, but like, I have an accent. You do, you're a dolphin trainer. You have to talk on mic. You have this, like there's so many challenges behind everything that the people that are born here, they don't really, like I come from a third world country. Like they don't realize, they they don't realize. I don't, I don't talk about it. Well, how did you get over it? Were you like, were you afraid to do all this as a, you know, no. it's a different country. It was easy for you. It wasn't easy. It was very hard. Like I had no, like I had no one here. Like I had my husband at a time. My uncle lived here, but he was back and forth coming from here, Brazil, because my, my grandma was sick. So I literally had no one. I left my, I literally left my family because of course my boyfriend at the time but it was it was that dream to be a dolphin trainer like I had that dream since I was eight years old so, so what, where, how did, did you build that resilience I mean where does that come from maybe growing up as a kid were you like were your parents were tough or uh, did you I I my mom is so I think it's it's since I was little like I lost my sister when I was 15 years old. Oh. So yeah. And then I lost another today. It's actually eight years that the, my older sister passed. So I, I've lost two sisters. So I, I do think that like seeing my mom and like my mom has always been like super strong. You know what I mean? I come from my, my dad. He started from like nothing, didn't even go to school and he was successful and whatever he did and what he aimed for. So I do think I, it comes, it probably comes from that. I just, I just think I, I have to do something. I have to do something. I had everyone doubting me in college. 
they used to laugh at me when I used to say I was going to be a dolphin trainer. I, yeah. And even though my mom didn't really believe it, I don't think she did. She never said it. So who is laughing now? I, I, I know. <laughs> so listen, I have a, I, I, I just listen because I heard you say something earlier as we were talking. You said uh, that you told people that you wanted to sell in baby category and they said, no, no, don't do it. And you said, of course, with me, no. So there is this rebellious kind of <laughs> approach in you and and at the same time it's that this is resilience that you have despite everything like you're doing it you say yeah it's just me i'm doing this thing so um you mentioned your mother was strong very strong do you feel that you are like trying to show that you are as strong as your mother i think it's just like like I tell people I say like I don't do anything to like show or anything like I just do what I think I, I'm supposed to do I I appreciate people's opinion of stuff but like like that is I think that's one of the reasons why right now I like I I got a divorce this it's a very strong personality like you're not gonna tell me no like you're not like I I, I don't like I have I'm a single mom because clearly didn't work with the other boyfriend because you're not going to tell me no. So I think I come, I come from, I don't know. I think this is how I was, I was raised like you. Yeah. you well, your mother being a strong woman, she raised a strong exactly. woman. So, so like, but also, you know, she, you know how it is. Parents always want to do things with their kids, but they don't necessarily turn out exactly. <laughs> so she, but you, you matched up to her expectation. You actually, really, you exceeded her expectations because if she didn't expect you to become a dolphin trainer either, and none of them, except even when I said, "Okay, we're getting engaged. I'm going to the U.S." My whole family, even the ones that were like. Like my God, mom, and like everyone that knows me very well, they gave me three to four months that I would be back. And it's been 12 years. Even after divorce, I didn't go back. I was here by myself. I was no family, but I had my dream career. I was a doctor trainer. Why was I going to go back to Brazil? So uh, this is this is great, Cynthia. This, <laughs> this is, uh, I mean, you are uh, you are an inspiration to a lot of women. And, you, you know, the, these days we have the, the 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 movements about you know for for women in different ways and they, you know they don't have to look too far there you are you, you are a movement all by yourself you keep moving you. Oh, no, you don't take no for an answer so tell us how can people contact you how can they reach out to you give us your contact information so yeah so i have um we have of course the social medias that we Anyone can follow, please help following Brush and Bella on social media, but they can contact. We have the website. Our website is www.brushandbella.com. Um, and they can contact me through there. They have the contact form. It goes straight to um, an email to contact. Great. Thank you, Cynthia. This was not only educational, but very inspiring. So uh, thank you for being here. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thank you. And this brings us to the end of another episode. And I'll see you on the next one.
Thank you for tuning in to today's episode. Be sure and subscribe, rate, and review our show. And be sure and share an episode with a friend. And thank you so much for being with us today. We'll see you next week here on Amazon Legends.